0: I wish we called the band Mister Ass,
1: <laughs> who, by the way, has the best entrance music of any yeah. wrestler in history.
0: Yeah, we we really dropped the ball on that one. We sh- we should have yeah. called the band Mister Ass. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's too late now. <laughs>
2: another CT vs. Audio interview. This episode, I'm talking with the band Hellraiser. The song you heard in the intro is Globbed, and that is a brand new track, unreleased as of this time of recording, but it'll be on the band's upcoming album, which we will be talking about later in this episode. The members of Hellraiser are Mike Falcone, who has spent time playing in Speedy Ortiz and Avlov, Kate Meisner, who is finishing up an EP under the name Jobber and currently plays guitar in The Glow, and Michael Hens, who moonlights as the project Heal. And speaking of Heal, their new EP, Oceata, releases on October 29th at the end of the month, so you can listen to that based on when this podcast comes out right away or very, very soon. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Hellraiser, Heal, and Jobber. They all have new music coming out, so I'm going to be posting links to their social media pages in the episode's show notes so that you can stay in the loop. So we're going to be talking about their music, but we'll also be talking about really important topics such as the haunted spots of Connecticut, whether or not we are living in the Matrix, the glory of pro wrestling, and the best way to see new metal bands at the Webster. Okay, here is my interview with Hellraiser, Heel, and Jobber. So joining me today, I have both Heel and Hellraiser. How are y'all doing, Heel and Hellraiser?
3: Good. Wonderful.
2: So Heel, can you tell me who you are?
3: Yep, my name's Michael Hens.
2: So Michael Hens, uh, that is, you, you are in
3: Heel and that's the only band you're in. Um, I'm in Hellraiser as well. What? Oh, what
2: a coincidence <laughs> because I have the other two members of Hellraiser here.
3: Who no are... way, you didn't tell me that was happening.
2: I know, I know, this is the uh, this is Sweeps Week. We gotta make it interesting. <laughs> um, so come on from behind the curtain, who are the other two members?
0: You wanna go first?
1: Hi, I'm Kate. Uh, I play bass in Hellraiser.
0: Um, hello, I- I'm Mike. I, uh... I play guitar and I sing in that, in that band, Hellraiser.
2: <laughs> How is everybody doing today?
0: It's great.
1: Good. And during a, a hurricane, mm. took my took myself to go get a gel manicure in a hurricane.
0: <laughs> Maybe there'll be another hurricane in the day that this episode comes out. Oh, yeah,
2: I was, I was going to say, you said that everything was great. And I was like, no, it's okay. Like we can be honest. There's like a hurricane that's literally like flying over us right now, but we are doing that. Is true. Cause that's, that's how important uh, uh, music is. Um, right. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> and in the big picture, things are great. Like it's barely raining, you know, we're sure. safe. We're okay.
2: Yeah. And we are going to hold on to this podcast episode until the next hurricane. Then we'll release it. That way people listening can get the full experience. They can get a chill manicure uh, while they're listening to this in a hurricane. Um, So the first question that I like to ask everybody, apart from how y'all are doing, um, this question, uh, very, very important. So I like to ask it first, what is your favorite place in Connecticut? And uh, it doesn't have to be music related, although, of course, it can be. If you wanted to, you know, shout out a specific place. But where is your favorite place in Connecticut?
0: that's a great question i don't know how to answer just yet if anyone else wants to go first while well, i think about it for like 30 seconds this is
1: why i'm bad at podcasts because it's like it's going to take me like a full two minutes to think about.
3: That's no totally that's a, okay that's I a great question a yeah i'll stall I'm for you mike's got something i can stall okay so <laughs> um i have a, a a place that i used to go to when i was a kid it's uh, bulls bridge in kent connecticut and um so that's one of my favorite places, just for nostalgia purposes. I kind of go there to, I don't know, realign if I'm feeling a little off. Um, aside from that, I, I really like Cafe Nine as a venue. Um, it's super close. They have a great variety of, of music there. Uh, the people are cool.
2: And you live in New Haven right now. Is that I do, yeah, yeah. Cool, okay. Um, so the can you tell me about the bull bridge you said that it was the bull bridge outside of kent
3: bull's bridge yeah it's this covered bridge but um it's part of the appalachian trail uh so there's some good hiking there there's some some rapids that you can check out and um i just <laughs> i uh as a kid my dad took me fishing there once and um i almost drowned so that's important that's that's kind of <laughs> wow that's a memory that i kind of hold on to i, I I was kind of fished out of the water. Somebody grabbed me by my feet and uh, clearly I survived. Um, so I don't good know, there, <laughs> there's some sort of pull there. Like I, I like to go back, maybe it's just like this existential thing that I do.
2: Yeah, like the Thanos drive, right? Like it's just, <laughs> not, you know, but uh, not Thanos, like the purple grimace dude, but mm. yeah. um, <laughs> so that's interesting. That's like your favorite place. If that's the place it is. That you had a near-death experience.
3: Well, I had a lot of, you know, mostly good experiences there. Okay. sort Just of represents a period in my family where it, things been were there t-
0: for a long time is mm-hmm. it like an old bridge from like 200 years ago
3: absolutely yeah
0: maybe even longer
2: all right so falcon and kate did you get a chance to think about
0: i think i i thought of something you, um, go, you go mine's like split between two places that are kind of close to each other like two miles apart i think and one of them is the tombstone of hannah krana which is um i think just outside of like it's like on the monroe trumbull line the lore is that uh the tombstone is located outside of the cemetery right next to the road purposely because they had to to bury hannah crana several times because she kept coming back wait what Uh, which is why there are two there's two death dates on her tombstone
2: and uh so so is it is that just the whole story is that this person just wouldn't die (laughs)
0: <laughs> well eventually it happened um and there's a there's a street light kind of like close by to there so when you go there late at night the light kind of flickers a lot and it it feels like it's happening because of you know some uh, outside force causing it to happen Apparently. um I,
1: re- I refuse to get out of the car
0: yeah yeah and then maybe like two miles from there there's a road that i don't think is technically referred to as dracula drive but um There's a lot of tall trees and the road just keeps getting more and more narrow. And um, when friends come in from out of state years and years back, a lot of times it was the first thing we would show people like like when friends would come, you know, when friends would arrive here and we'd try and be like, oh, yeah, Trumbull's cool. Monroe's cool. Check out these things. And then, you know, (laughs) they they would leave thinking that it was like a a really culturally rich experience.
2: And vaguely haunted, it sounds like so.
0: Well, uh, Connecticut is supposed to be one of the most haunted places in the country. That's what I've heard. That's the
3: Warrens, heard. Adam Monroe, Right. And yeah, that it's public somebody. access show back in the day. Right.
2: Yeah. The, uh, the Conjuring fame. Yeah. Uh, uh, so somebody on a, on a recent episode that I think will air before this, uh, she's convinced that Crunch House is haunted, uh, that it has like really bad spirits around it. And uh, she couldn't quite pinpoint where they were coming from. Do you feel that vibe too? Is Crunch House haunted? I was going
1: to say, is it more of like a feeling or is there some like historical reference point for that? She was saying that just it was like a Yeah, that it was okay. like an energy
2: that her and the band felt while they were there.
1: I mean, I feel some weird energy, but I'm not sure if it's like spiritual, <laughs> ghostly. Energy.
0: Dude, it's that it's yeah. that punk energy. <laughs> yeah,
1: the crust punk. Uh, I know the the Warrens. Energy. Um, that they just exude.
0: The I I didn't actually see this presentation, but the Warrens found something in in the basement of Harlem Arts Theater a while ago. Really? Yeah.
3: Is that why they don't have shows there anymore? Because there's probably like a or something. It
0: was probably two hundred, yeah.
3: In that spot where they have the rehearsal rooms, Mike.
0: I think it was like downstairs where they used to have the print shop. Oh
3: yeah, I think that's the same same area.
0: Same area, yeah. yeah.
2: Interesting. What? I hear a lot of people, I hear people all the time tell me how much they wish Heirloom uh, Marx was back. And it was, cool. It was cool.
1: I place. paid one of those like pay to play Battle of the Bands there. I got bamboozled by what is it? <laughs> Gorilla Productions. They used to trick <laughs> young bands into like selling like 40 tickets with this promise uh, that if you won worst. Battle of the Bands, you would like get something. The prize yeah. was, was like one play on Radio 104 or something. I don't know um but yeah i played there once and it was a fake battle of the bands
2: But right <laughs> how, how, how do you do
1: I, I mean i think we like came in second but only because we sold like the second highest number of tickets right. there was no actual like competitive aspect like other than like how many people you could bring
2: <laughs> So it's like a for-profit type
1: <laughs> yeah that was like a whole like there was a whole like pyramid scheme of like for-profit battle of the bands <laughs> running through like Hartford and probably New Haven in the early 2000s. And I, my, my high school band and my band subsequent to that felt prey to it many times.
0: Has it not gone away yet?
1: I think it's doesn't exist anymore.
0: Okay. I assumed that it was still a thing. <laughs> I hope
3: I hope so. That was the vibe at the chance you had to sell yeah. at least 25 tickets to even do a show there. Something like that.
0: Yeah, I think there was a spot in New Milford, too, possibly, that was that was trying to do that. But I don't think it lasted long.
2: And I think, yeah. I, think I remember at least la- early last year, somebody was like, hey, you know, I'm selling tickets for my show at the Webster. And I was like, oh, if they're, like, giving you tickets to sell, this is, like, there's always some weird on exploitable oh, yeah. shit going on.
1: <laughs> if it was at the Webster, then it could have very well been Guerrilla Productions, because that's where the shows yeah. <laughs> took place, typically. <laughs> I guess this is a good segue to my favorite places in Connecticut. Yeah, Go for it. Because it's uh, where
2: Gorilla Productions. That's your favorite.
1: <laughs> yeah, my favorite uh, non-brick-and-mortar place. I like. I guess in the same vein as Mike, with like the haunted stuff. Just because you know, if you live in a haunted city, you gotta. You you know, it's a good place to grow up because there's a lot of like haunted places to explore in childhood, and mine probably is Green Lady Cemetery, which is in Burlington. Um, I can't exactly remember the road it was off of, but my mom told me that when she was in high school, she and her friends used to go there. It was like this cemetery from the 1600s in the woods. And rumor has it that this woman, the green lady drowned in a swamp nearby. And that at night when you go to the cemetery, like the green mist kind of like materializes into her ghost. And her friends used to kick her out of the car and like drive away and leave her in the dark. So of course, when I went there with my friends, in high school, we got out of the car, and they all got back in the car and drove drove away. Oh,
0: I thought you were going to say that, that the, the, the green there. lady was left there.
1: I was left there with the green lady.
0: <laughs> the green lady got kicked out of the car, and and, and she's just been there ever since. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, my so other cute. favorite spot is the Webster. <laughs> so many great memories of getting cars broken into.
0: Should we should we like tease that there, there is a song called Webster Underground? By Hellraiser. I think you just teased it. Coming soon.
3: Is
2: it really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And And by soon, I mean potentially years from now, but (laughs) we'll see what happens.
3: (laughs) Soon in Hellraiser terms.
2: Yeah. I feel like I've I've tried to provoke the Webster and Toad's place into like some kind of like fake online like rivalry, and they just don't they don't take any of my bait. So I think it's okay to like heckle the Webster. I don't think they're gonna do anything about it.
0: Sure. Why not?
1: Yeah, I mean it was like foundational to my musical pursuits and like (laughs) fandom and like the sound was always terrible you could like always count on the sound especially in the underground being terrible so shout out to whoever did that sound
0: underground did sound slightly better than the main room though
1: yeah It, (laughs) it was overall just like so many like I won a lot of show tickets from like 106.9 because like nobody would call in to get oh, those yeah. tickets. And I would just end up going to see like Static X or like Cold Chamber. <laughs> I actually have a question.
0: I have a question for you, which is like how far how far do you go back on like the the CT bands of your.
2: So, so what do you mean by that? Like, like,
0: like, like, I don't know, like 15, 20, 25 years ago.
2: Like, like, how much knowledge do I have? over band like, like, if of?
0: I if if we started like name dropping yeah. What point, is there a point of reference?
2: Probably like, I feel like y'all would like totally outclass me on, that. <laughs> um, just one Yeah. Like I, I feel like since I started doing the blog, that's whenever I was like, all right, I have to be obsessive about this stuff. And, and so I feel like really like anything like late 2018 or 2019 is really when we got started. Like, I feel like I, I know most of that stuff, but before that, like that's where I kind of get lost. I, I knew that there was like a band called Deadwives that were like very rambunctious and always vandalizing shit. Uh, but uh, I, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that, that did happen. I was thinking more better. like a gargantua soul, like that kind of stuff. But sure. I was thinking <laughs> no. of the same
3: exact band.
1: Yeah, the same and <laughs> Throne. Do you remember Throne? Oh my,
3: oh my God. I, I do remember them. They had this. We played. uh, I wish I remember which production company it was. It was the same deal where you had to sell tickets to to do a show. It was um, Gorilla. (laughs) This was with my. This is in Danbury at uh, it was City Ale House, which is the old Hat City Ale House. And um, this was Mike. This was with Roadhead. (laughs) Of course, of course. And uh, so we, uh, you know, we we didn't sell any tickets, so we didn't get paid. But we managed to somehow get on the bill, and uh, Throned was. Like the headliner. They had um they had this van that was all painted up and and
1: yeah. They were like
3: really high class, let me say that.
1: They were like the pride and joy of Radio 104. They like (laughs) played the headline the side stage at every Radio 104 fest. Forget any other local bands ever being support, local support for like a big band, because Throne, they just it was like this family band. I think it was Three Brothers and they alternated the caps on their name so it was like lowercase t uppercase h <laughs> lowercase r um yeah and they were very 2000s and trying to do something that was like a cross between i'm trying to think of like accessible references it was like sort of like new
3: metalish, silver pop.
1: chair but also like screamo yeah
3: Sounds radio
1: scary. pop yeah
3: were they hackers is that why they did the uppercase lowercase thing
1: I'll I'll send CT Versus, I'll send you one of their songs on YouTube. It was one I of think their screen you'll names. Find it very entertaining. It was an
0: AOL screen name that became a band name.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: are, are are these people still around? I'm not sure. It's yeah. unclear. I'll have to investigate. <laughs>
3: is, it, is it mean if I say I hope not? <laughs> no. That's,
1: no. That's not no.
0: No. <laughs> no. That's good. We need we need to like cause some dramas to
3: do it. I, I just want to I want to use this podcast as a platform to. To create beef with other bands, yeah, yeah we yeah. need
1: to we need a nemesis band if we're going to be like a heel band. We're,
3: we're really band. we
0: really only uh, agreed to do this podcast so we could cut promos,
1: <laughs> make enemies. <laughs> yeah.
2: And well, I mean, it's funny. Like I, I'm going to bring this up later, but in the landscape of it, you do have a rival band that you do beat up. So,
0: well, mm. that that was Fabe. I can't really say <laughs> that that really happened. Yeah, yeah, th-
2: those those stove
0: uh, uh, people, you know, to hell with them. <laughs> I never liked them. We're, we're the cream of the crop.
1: Yeah, a bunch of bozos. <laughs> yeah. Because
2: the cream is rising. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Ain't that um, true.
0: But in but in <laughs> a, in reality, a, a very sweet group of people.
2: Yeah, of course. Of course. Hmm. So you mentioned um uh Kate, it may have been you it may have been you hence. Uh you mentioned a van that Throne used to have and it was very high class. If Hellraiser had a touring van, what would you want painted on the on the side of it?
0: Uh, uh,
3: Should we, at the very okay. least, have a pentagram?
0: Yeah, sure. I would probably be boring and just put the same thing on our T-shirt. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't think of anything.
1: It could definitely say the shit and then just have a, a huge hammer and sickle. Yeah,
3: <laughs> we. It would be the shitmobile.
1: Yeah, the shitmobile, the <laughs> communist shitmobile.
3: We probably
0: wouldn't want to like. We, we would want to trick people into thinking that there's nothing valuable inside. So I guess writing. The, the words the shit on it in huge letters would probably deter yeah
1: yeah it, it would was, have to
3: look like graffiti too i think
0: yeah
1: we should get some like truck nuts for the <laughs> that's a great idea
3: <laughs> i was trying to think of good decals but nothing came to mind i guess we could get oh. some flames we we need a, a decal of calvin peeing on something i think
0: stuff yeah. that like carl from aqua teen hunger force would yeah. have on his car
3: um
2: yeah, I, I you know I thought you were gonna say like a bitch and wizard or like that, but uh, yeah, writing the shit over that I, I like that truck nuts. That's a great merch idea. I don't know if that's a heel idea or a Hellraiser idea, but Ooh. um, I could I could see that.
0: We, <laughs> <laughs> it's our it's our opportunity to capitalize. Here Engraved we
2: go. truck nuts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, people bring them to shows and ask you to sign their truck nuts. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, now, would I they like actually be wearing them too? Because I think that would be great. After we sign them, yeah.
2: <laughs> so the second question that I like to ask everybody is also a very easy question. Uh, the the question about the van does not count as like the official second question. That was just a follow up. It was a sub item. Uh, so the official second question, very easy: one, uh, Are we in the matrix, or are we removed from the true reality in some way like that?
0: Oh God, who knows?
1: You, I mean, if we're going to talk about like the simulation, I feel like you have thoughts on that.
0: Oh, I did. I mean, I've, I've had some long car rides recently because I commute to Connecticut for, for work. And um, yeah, and in, in one of my on one of my stranger days, I, I convinced myself of the simulation not too long ago, but um, it didn't last too long.
3: Do you think that was just sleep dep- deprivation, Mike, or was
0: that- I think it was travel fatigue. I would travel call it yeah.
3: but it's, it's
2: interesting though, because at first you were like, oh, yeah, who knows? But then Kate was like, wait, you had this thing like maybe you brought this and was like, you got to get a load of this. Like, is that how it went down?
0: I forgot that happened. So thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just like, wow, I was really in a weird zone there. And, um, (laughs) it, 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 I was like, yeah, that, that has to be what happened. How else does all of this make
3: sense? It was like one of that kind of things.
2: Gotcha. So Kate and Hens, what do you, what, how do you feel about this simulation theory?
3: You know, at times I'll experience what, what could be called deja vu. I don't know that that's, um, you know, evidence of a, you know, that we're in some sort of matrix or simulation. I also don't think that we're capable of even of even understanding it, of of spotting it, if that were the case.
2: Is this like a Kurt Goodell, like incompleteness theorem type
3: thing? Yeah, yeah, it's just the limits of our own intellect and and understanding our place like in the universe. You know, like I don't think we're fundamentally capable, capable of understanding concepts like God and existence. And we're, we're, we're really just kind of being. And, okay, and that's, so- that's the most we can possibly do.
0: I think yeah. I, I would agree that um, humans probably aren't yet smart enough to figure out how to put together a true matrix type simulation. But what if humans didn't
1: put it together? If like right. some higher being we can even like comprehend has architected.
3: That could work. What if you're know- humans?
1: I will have to say, I think like our like digital world that I'm I feel like I'm in the computer when I'm like doing work all day, for example, especially like remotely. I feel like that is like perhaps a simulation within a simulation. Um, But I don't have any uh, deep thoughts or feelings about whether or not uh, the simulation exists.
3: Do you think it's just because we, we have like layers of simulation in modern life that we yeah. suspect that there's like some higher grade of simulation and that's really all, all it is. It's just this influence of like a lower level simulation.
1: Yeah. I think like there's, yeah, perhaps.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like y'all, y'all are being awfully agnostic about this. Like, you know, we're it's a Sunday, we're all skipping church for this uh, interview. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought that you would be like, you know, like, yeah, the, you know, I didn't read about the matrix in the Bible or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true. Um, it falls outside of my religious beliefs, but um, y- you never know.
2: Okay. So uh, to transition a little bit into talking about uh, your Van Hellraiser, I feel like when I, when I think about Hellraiser, y'all did Humraiser, right, uh, not too long ago, which was kind of like this tribute for Halloween where you were, uh, you know, playing some hum songs. I know y'all oh, were okay. super stoked about their revival record that came out uh, not too long ago. Um, and also whenever I think about uh, Hellraiser and Heal, I think about the band Failure, um, you know, band from the 90s. Great. You know, they were awesome. And then they, you know, underappreciated in their time. Um for your bands, uh, why did you choose to to kind of model after bands that were famous five years after they broke up?
0: <laughs> uh, it wasn't really on purpose.
2: <laughs> Damn. It, wasn't like, uh, it wasn't part of the, the, the roadmap.
3: No, I only found out about those bands after they broke up. Um, and so I, I guess uh, it's it influenced my music um, kind of 10 years into my ability to create music and... and because it's more recent, I, th- I think it's uh it's more obvious.
0: Hey, I think I first heard failure probably like right around the time they broke up. Cause I I think I first heard Stuck On You on a 120 Minutes episode that Dev Tones hosted, and they chose yeah. like four five or six of the videos that they played, and that was one of them. Um and then uh like later that summer my college band ended up covering that song. So that that's sort of like opened up that whole world for me and all of the offshoots and other bands that those guys have worked with. And even though hum doesn't really have like a direct connection with them, it just seems weird that so many fans of one of those bands is usually fans of the other, not always. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of people that are only into one or the other, but, um, sometimes obsessives of, of failure and hum are, are into both.
2: So dating back to So you were mentioning like your college band, um, Hellraiser kind of goes back away is because before it was Hellraiser, it was a different band and a different name. Right. And I feel like there were some different members. Um, So Kate wasn't there in those years, but Hens, you were. Yep. And then you kind of went away for a little, and then now you're back.
3: I was sent away. Yeah. Okay. Sent away. (laughs) 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 You're You're banished
1: to the bell tower. (laughs) I know. I know. I
0: I locked the door and I was like, Hey, I'll be back in a few minutes. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I
2: went out for cigarettes and that, I never
0: came that, that turned into three. We left in at
1: Green Lady Cemetery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so is is there like any kind of story in, in terms of like like so in ter- in terms of your involvement, Hens like kind of like leaving then coming back? Or was it just kind of like a
3: um, just
2: you know was thrust? Yeah, us?
3: I mean I, I uh my recollection of it is I had a really bad day and we were supposed to play a show in Brooklyn that night. And um it snowed, and I bailed on the show because of the snow. Okay. And that was sort of the, the impetus for, the, for, for gotcha. my leaving the band. Uh, gotcha. or, I'm not sure. Mike and I haven't really talked much about this. Was <laughs> yeah, a, I, I, I guess it's, it's all
1: going to come out now. Sort of
3: unspoken, like, we understood kind of where we were standing at the time. And
0: Yeah, I, don't, I, I remember that show. I don't remember why I played alone, but I guess that was why.
3: <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, And I was supposed to give Julian a ride. And, um, when I let him know, I wasn't willing to drive in the snow that night after teaching for nine hours, he, uh, we had a, a long kind of text exchange and, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I do remember that.
3: Um, and I also lived a lot closer
0: to the city than you guys. Cause I was in Stanford at the time. True. I so, was coming from
3: Nagatuck, which, which was a hike.
0: Yeah. It was like less than an hour for me to get there and. Uh, i was very nervous about it i think that's the only time i ever tried to do it by myself what did you do uh crash landing and uh one of the songs on buzzy fuzzy that we've never played live that i can't remember the name of incinerator i think it's called
1: all right so that's,
0: that's the o- only the only time that song ever got played live was just me <laughs> <laughs> and um it is very weird like, looking down because Shea stadium was like really well well lit you, you could see everybody like really clearly and just it's not the kind of thing where like the, the lights are only on the stage. And I, I kind of didn't really like looking down and seeing people looking at me and, and being up there by myself. I don't like playing alone. It's scary. Oh,
3: <laughs> the worst. Okay. I don't know how people do it.
2: And I don't say this very much about like, like New York venues, but rest in peace, Shay.
3: Rest mm. in peace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pair of hands.
2: Um, so Hens, you, you left for a while. And so Falcon, was it just you during those years or did you, or was Julian still involved?
0: Oh, um, John Hartlett had already kind of been filling in and on bass or drums whenever it was like he was kind of like our guy we would go to, like if somebody couldn't make it and John would just happen to be there and he'd be like, yeah, I'll play Steve too. Steve, Steve was really good about that, too. I, I think something happened once where like uh, I forget what the circumstances were, but he just like played. You know, John and Steve were, were very helpful because they just like knew a bunch of the songs and knew how to play them. So it was it was pretty easy to just have them like fill in on, on like virtually zero notice. Like I think our fourth or fifth show was already, we were already kind of into that when we played the trash bar. Yeah. And Julian had like a something happen where he had to go to the hospital earlier that day. And was that when
3: you a band or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. It It, it was very, very like, not that long into when we were playing shows. So it had already kind of been a thing where John was filling in a lot and it just felt natural to have him like, you know, fill in a bit longer <laughs> yeah. while, while Mike wasn't around.
2: Gotcha. And so when did the name change happen?
0: Uh, I think right around then. That was actually probably the same time. Yeah. Because um, that was like a name. Dead Wives was a name we were kind of using for demos. It was never really intended to be, you know, what we used permanently so when it you know right before we put out that split um that we recorded with spook the herd now known as pet fox kind of (laughs) it's like three of the three of the members of spook the herd are now pet fox uh so that split i think was kind of like our our announcement of the new the new branding
2: okay gotcha so you didn't like see it as like a a change of the band it was just kind of like a change in name only
0: yeah i mean we started playing shows a lot more frequently then too we were really only doing maybe like 8 to 10 shows a year and i think the shows picked up and it felt like it was like uh all right not now we're we're like in a different era yeah momentum like, you were touring yeah. too yeah it, it felt like a different era of our history and ready to you know s- settle on something that wasn't like i don't know
2: yeah so so then can the three of you tell me about like how the current incarnation kind of came together then
1: um, yeah, I can, I can tell you a little bit yeah, about that. Go for it. So, um, Mike and I met on tour when Mike was filling in on bass in stove and I was filling in on guitar and potty mouse and we became friends and like sometime in either late 2016 or early 2017, Mike Facebook messaged me and was like, Hey, I think like Hellraiser needs a bassist. Um, this is your big chance <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh wow it's my big chance um and I was just like are I probably you... did say that I was like if you're asking me to play bass then sure but you weren't like you didn't like directly ask me you're just like this is your big chance <laughs> and I was like what does it, this mean are you joke like are you jokingly asking me to play bass in this band um but yeah I was like okay um and then I think the first thing i did in hellraiser was i was in the ants versus dragons video i came and i um i i helped with a great cassette tape heist in the video and uh yeah yeah, and that was kind of like my first brush with hellraiser
0: all right and we had that charlie bliss bliss show booked a while back and i was very nervous about what we were going to do about that so that was kind of our first show yeah my
1: first show with hellraiser with was with charlie bliss and yucky duster um and Madeline, who plays drums in, or played drums in Yucky Duster, um, played drums in The Glow for a while. So I actually, you know, Hellraiser <laughs> met a lot of people. who Ended up being really important in my life.
0: And Witch Hair played that show also at uh, Cafe Nine, and um, also yeah, I think beef. yeah, I think they're they're doing individual stuff yeah. now. So. Um, Let's see. So maybe like a within like a year after that, Mike Mike was playing with us again. Right. And yeah, um,
3: yeah. you had reached out about um, you had some dates that you needed to fill. I, yeah. I so. it, and Carrie wasn't able to play or something. And
0: yeah. And, and, and she eventually ended up moving. And um, I don't know. It just kind of worked out really conveniently.
2: And so now you're looking for a synth player. play. Two, yeah. Two <laughs> Yeah, We're going to be DJ. more like the
1: fillers now. Yeah, we need like a like a lincoln park kind of dj i
2: was i was gonna say like i thought that you might be joking about the dj thing but uh somebody has released an album uh like totally seriously using like turntable scratches and, it, and they're, you know, they're not like a new metal band. They're just kind of like a email. Uh, and I was like, is this like a thing that's coming back? Or are we like
1: getting oh, into that again? So. I, oh, man. Because, oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm saying, <laughs> oh, man, a lot. Because like we, I had some ideas for um my uh, new upcoming, forthcoming band um, that involved record scratches. But
2: uh, that's exciting.
1: I guess someone is doing it first.
0: Yeah, there's <laughs> Jobber. Jobber's the band, and there's a couple like breakdowns in the middle where like it just felt like there should be record scratching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like a like a rap like. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> that too.
0: Like here's where the rap like would come where in. like Mike yeah.
1: Shinoda from Lincoln Park would come in and like yeah. do his like verse
0: or, or like the the Fred Durst verse from the What's Going On yeah, yeah. song. He's like, Somebody tell me what's going on. We got a human <laughs> being using human for a bomb. You should just do it. That's the
3: only
2: part I know. So, so I have to ask then, if if we have Heel and we have Jobber, were those both chosen for their proximity to the wrestling? <laughs> That's
3: a complete Great coincidence.
1: Total coincidence. In fact, I think, Mike, you were talking about band names like one of the first couple of times we hung out and you were like, playing around with heel as an idea i can't remember yes. the other options so but i was i kind of like reinforced i was like no heels a really good band name because of like wrestling
3: <laughs> i think it's Kate's fault actually because i remember you, you the first time i saw all of you play as hellraiser without me which was kind of a funny experience was at uh, three sheets in like 2017 or something and um okay. it's sort of like I, i've used this analogy before it's sort of like uh, watching your ex-girlfriend with like someone new or something you know it's just sort of like oh i used to do that and now i'm not doing it anymore and i kind of rekindled my interest in the band but after the show (laughs) i was showing you i was showing all of you um you know like song i mean well song names and band names and stuff i was just doing like a focus group and uh you were like that's a great you know that's a great band name as long as it's spelled h-e-e-l not h-e-a-l and then right. someone's already using that. So I had to add the extra E, which I'm still not 100% on. But um, it's Kate's fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so,
2: so Kate, so Jobber, does that come from wrestling? Or was that also just listening?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. So for anyone who doesn't know who might be listening, a Jobber is basically like, <laughs> like a lower card, like lower tier wrestler um, who kind of, Just gets their ass kicked by like the main card and mid card guys um, and is essentially just a pawn to make like the big famous like headliners look really great. And they just exist to like get crushed and take home a paycheck. Um, So I thought it would be funny to kind of like frame my entire band around that concept like I'm just doing this to get paid man like (laughs) and just like only ever like opening shows (laughs) for like paltry amounts of money (laughs) so I think it's gonna like manifest into like actually being like an indie rock jobber um (laughs) but yeah I did I did have that in mind and I was thinking for a really long time like far you know before I even joined Hellraiser that it would be really great to do like kind of a wrestling themed band as a homage to this thing that i really love that i feel like there's a lot of opportunities to incorporate tropes from wrestling into music and indie rock right. and cause yeah. drama
2: so does that mean that uh is this hellraiser need to change his name to also be kind of like a you know wrestling adjacent terminology like uh
1: kayfabe could be a cool name or mr ass <laughs> <laughs> mr ass oh man I
0: wish we called the band Mr. Ass.
1: (laughs) Who, by the way, has the best entrance music of any wrestler in history. I'm a nice man.
0: Yeah, we we really dropped the ball on that one. We we should have called the band Mr. Ass. Um, Well, you know, it's too late now. Some other (laughs) band out there, you know, there you go. (laughs) You have a great name. If you can't think of a name, steal that one.
2: I can't remember. I feel like it was that maybe maybe never get to be cool that there was some wrestling theme that y'all played.
0: Oh yeah, we played Shawn oh, Michaels' entrance on Shawn
2: Michaels, yeah. I'm Hens. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that, that you're not as into into wrestling because whenever I whenever I check out a lot of the stories on the Hellraiser feed, usually they are like wrestling based and <laughs> you, find what you, like to, you know because it's different and it's interesting and it's fun. Um, okay, yeah. Um, so, and
0: I, I I wasn't into it so much until maybe like four or five years ago. either. possibly my you- fault.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say is that because somebody like joined the band who was like massively into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically.
2: <laughs> so, so th- what is it about about wrestling that that appeals to you?
0: I always thought it was funny. Um, I remember I was just talking yesterday that I was remembering a couple of my friends who I still play in bands with in Connecticut of uh, like in the mid two thousands went to an ECW thing and they were talking about all the mullets and how insane it was and I was like, why didn't you guys bring me? That sounds like the funniest awesomest thing ever so i always kind of had the idea in the back of my head that it was something pretty funny Mm -hmm. that i that i would like enjoy and eventually there's like other aspects of it like some of the technical stuff but usually the stuff that i respond to the most is the the things that i think are funny
1: yeah i I would say like oh go ahead
2: no i was gonna say uh falcon it sounds like you like the campy aspect of it then is that fair to say uh,
0: would you call it that campy yeah Yeah, Yeah, I guess. I I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To a degree, I I do as well. I'm really attracted to anything that's like a grand, ridiculous spectacle, like Super Bowl included, like any sort of like large, grand, like cheesy, predictable event. Um, But I really like that wrestling kind of has a soap opera, (laughs) like these soap opera underpinnings. And it's almost like, you know, like a reality show. It's like scripted, but real things seep in. And those moments when it breaks the fourth wall, like for example, when two wrestlers are in a relationship outside of the ring and off screen, and then they work the relationship into the storyline. And then sometimes like, drive a wedge between relationships because of storylines they'll like have you know someone in a couple start dating someone else or start like having an affair and then the couple will break up in real life that's when it like kind of breaks my brain a little <laughs> so um i i just love that it really toes the line between like scripted like like kind of more like a soap opera and like reality tv
2: and like a soap opera it it some of these narrative threads are so long right like
1: oh my- these yes. people have really long
2: careers yeah, yeah. And, and so it's really cool to kind of like see some of these like arcs that people have and yeah when people say that it's fake who, who gives a fuck like it's it's fun right?
1: yeah it's really it's fun. fun and it's like the narratives are always so baseline based on like the most like primal like <laughs> totally like yeah. uncomplex like human motivations just like this person stole the title from me. Like, (laughs) like I need to get them back because of glory. (laughs) And it's just like all extremely like baseline, like almost like insulting, you know, the the viewer's intelligence in a way. But there's also something beautiful about like the predictability of it. Like, you know, if there's a wedding cake that somebody's face is going to get smashed (laughs) into it. You know, if there's like a trash can, someone's going to get hit with it, you know?
2: (laughs) Right, right. Um, So this uh, passion for wrestling has seeped into uh, like the landscaper video, for example, which we've kind of alluded to whenever you uh, you beat up, I think it's the stoves. Was that the name of the baby stoves? Right. Right. Okay. Um, the wrestling so name, who, I guess. Yeah. So who's whose idea was it for, because the, the premise of this video, if you haven't seen the video and if you haven't, I don't know why because I've talked about it on the blog like a bunch now, um, but it's like the premise is Hellraiser the band is kind of walking through these kind of like, I don't know, early 2000s television scenarios,
1: right? Is I guess
0: they theme? are kind of specific to um, kind of like a late 2000s because wasn't wasn't that when yeah. Room Raiders was on?
1: Yeah, mid I would Maybe say mid. mid.
0: Gotcha. And The Bachelor okay. how long has The Bachelor been on?
1: It's been on since the mid 2000s as well. Know, like that's early... right because
0: I remember, I remember Howard Stern talking about that like 2005 right, 2006 right. so i guess it has been on a long time yeah i never actually thought about that before but you, yeah i guess those are all kind of like references that are specific <laughs> to one one little era and of, like of pop the, culture history
1: you know like kind of like the last moments when mtv still played music videos right, which is right. why it started off with the stoves yes yeah, so it's actually
0: just... kind of funny that i that that's an aspect of the whole thing i hadn't really thought of at all um i will say that the the director of the video is a uh, used to do um promos for wwe so really I think he, did, he did a pretty good pretty good job with uh trying to make them look authentic i think
2: um <laughs> uh, so a quick little expose here um in my careful watching of this are we to believe that hens is there for all of it oh wow
0: i think we, we are, are to believe at, it. look, look at look at that <laughs> that's attention to detail um yes you are supposed to believe that (laughs) okay
1: you're the first person who's like picked up on
0: (laughs) yeah seriously our our own family members mike didn't you say you watched it with people who are like in your family
3: and they had no idea they didn't know i mean i think that speaks volumes about my family more than anything else no
2: (laughs) but yeah because like i think in like in some of like the promo stuff was just the stuff that does look like wrestling promos like it's the three of you and then, like whenever you're barging in on Room Raiders, I think that's whenever the the hens and pot. Poss-
0: uh, I think there's uh, it's only two of us for that part. Yeah. Oh,
1: During okay. the Bachelor.
0: Bachelor. Um, oh,
1: okay. Another mysterious gotcha. shrouded figure who I cannot, um, whose name cannot be revealed, but uh, is a mysterious shrouded figure on Twitter.com.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we stand-ins, you know. <laughs> It happens all the time. We yeah, don't, I, we I don't just know saw, the names of the
1: stunt doubles. I, I just I'm, saw a pig
0: the other day and it said, you know, the pigs stand in, Nicholas Cages stand in. So, you know.
2: <laughs> so it sounds like you're inviting people to give like this a close eye that they may find somebody who or may not. May not. I don't
0: know. It, it's a, uh, it's just indicative of how professional
3: we are that, that
0: we can afford to have stand-ins.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very well thought out. It's sort of like a where's waldo, like Easter egg sort of thing.
2: So that song was uh your first new song since satan smile came out um how how do how do you feel so I, I guess falcone you're you're the only like remaining member from that era uh or at least who recorded that album yeah, I guess so uh how do you feel about that album you know like a couple of years after the fact
0: it's good uh, i like it <laughs> 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 thing came out good yeah, uh,
2: I, I, okay.
1: really given him a lot to work with there i like. mean
0: I don't know the the really looking forward to whenever the next one happens because I I think it's better
2: okay so so what what about what about the new stuff is better
0: uh I don't know you just you just get a feeling I don't know how it's it's a it's not really a a tangible thing
1: it has a lot of like um oh god I'm gonna sound like such a dick saying that It, it has more like sonic depth there's like more guitars I think and like more textures and you know like mike hentz plays a little bit of guitar on it i'm probably going to play a little bit of guitar there's just like a lot of attention to detail yeah i I mean one
0: one thing that both albums i think have in common was that they're both kind of they they both kind of unintentionally ended up being greatest hits records pulled from like several demos worth of tracks and in both cases they ended up taking a lot longer than we expected so yeah i mean they, they, they both I think and that you know the that that album and the one that's coming out eventually uh, are going to both be stronger for that reason. And ins- you're ins- review- instead of rushing through it.
2: Okay. And you're revealing the name of that album today.
0: I uh, don't know what the name of the album is. I think for <laughs> now we're going with the working title of Heaven's Gate, but I don't know if that's okay. the title yet. That-
2: is that uh based on the Michael Cimino uh uh movie or is the or sorry, Cimino uh or is that based on the
0: is that the name of that movie? Um, is that the director of Deer Hunter?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I might have been thinking of a different movie, but that was one of those that was also in development hell for a long time. So It was, yeah. I suppose um, that's one aspect that this forthcoming record would have in common with the movie Heaven's Gate is that both have been in development hell for a very long time.
2: And <laughs> after 10 years, you'll release the, the, the Hellraiser cut, which adds like 50 minutes of additional material. And then people are like, oh, this is actually... A masterpiece, and we didn't realize it before it came out. Yeah,
0: Roger Ebert will come back from the dead just to say how much <laughs> better he liked the the three LP version of Heaven's Gate.
2: <laughs> so, have, have y'all uh, are you recording this yourself? Uh, I know that that you have experience like tracking your own stuff, or is this like, are you taking this out to like a different studio?
0: Uh, it's pulled from a few different sessions. One of them, uh, Mike Hens or who we're on the phone with right now Hello, is, uh, is kind of uh, tracking a bunch of it. Um, yeah. There's
3: like four or five songs that, that I've tracked um, which sort of began with a I, more or less a rehearsal last summer um, okay. that was edited together. And then do you want to talk about Justin? Yeah.
0: Justin uh recording some of it. Um, our good friend, Mike Thomas tracked a few songs for it. So um, it is kind of like, Pulled together from lots of different things.
2: Is there a song where you end it by slowly detuning uh, the top string of your guitar?
0: Uh no, we already did that, but I okay. I could do it again if you want.
2: <laughs> that was uh I think last time I saw y'all play Cafe Nine, I think you did that on stage, and I was like, Oh, this is awesome.
0: oh, uh, that's how Vegas has always ended. But yep. the end of Vegas has always oh. sounded like that.
2: Gotcha. Every time I uh, then whenever I saw it, whenever I noticed it, I was like, Oh, I'm glad that they're doing this, but like. I also kind of feel bad that you have to restring. Uh you have to <laughs> that. <laughs> that's
0: how the song goes. That it was written into the demo, so we just kept doing it.
1: Somehow never noticed that happening.
0: <laughs> At the <laughs> really? end of Vegas, yeah. It's like meow. you should do it with your I, bass string, too. Uh, stole that from uh the Pink Floyd song, Interstellar Overdrive. If oh, anyone okay. cares to know? <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Because Satan's smile, like Falcon, you were the member on that. Now that you have Hens and Kate coming in. Um, how do you feel like that's changed the chemistry of what you're getting in the studio? Uh,
0: it's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't feel comfortable being the only person to play on a record. Yeah. I don't like that at all. And um, I don't know, like, they're the two perfect people to play on it because they understand <laughs> w- what we're going for as a group. And like, there's things that I, you know, Kate and my kids are both a lot better at hearing Lots of like production and EQing and, and like mastering things that sort of feel out of place. Then, then I, then I can hear, I I'm not so great at that. I, I know where like my strengths and my weaknesses are, and that's just never been something I'm good at. And it's really helpful having that.
2: Um, I feel like one of the new songs that I saw you play, I don't remember where it was, but I feel like it was kind of shoegazy. Like it was pretty fuzzy. Oh. Um, is, is that like a sign of things to come or was that just kind of a one-off?
0: Uh that's an old song that we brought back and um it's on the album
3: Try my
1: It is kind of like the outlier in a way.
2: Falcon, you talked a little bit about commuting uh, to Connecticut from New York. Um, in kind of like the, the break between these albums, you have graduated with like an advanced degree in, is it library science?
0: Yeah, yeah. Do
2: you want to talk about that?
0: Um, what's to say, really? I don't know.
1: It <laughs> took, <laughs> took a really
0: long time and I'm happy it's done, but um
1: actually the reason we like became friends so
2: I, I guess the reason why I ask is because like it's not necessarily like if, you know if you hear that like somebody like in a B. has gotten a degree most times I think people either assume it's like education or that it's music or something along that but I feel like um and this kind and it goes along with your blog too that you have like a passion for archiving is that is that fair to say
0: yeah I think that's been something that I've been into for a while, and there's a lot of that in in the video that we're putting out soon. Like a lot of VHS digitizing does appear in yeah. this this uh, forthcoming video that that uh that we took care of right here in this very apartment that I'm in. You're right also now.
1: like a very meticulous like you do like a lot of personal archiving of like documents, and it just kind of like seems like your natural disposition is to
3: yeah, is he, to he
1: He's a list maker.
3: He um, categorizes things. He's into the like, dude. taxonomy of everything.
0: Listdude420 <laughs> <420 laughs> at gmail.com.
2: Uh, and so, Kate, if I can blow up your spot, you have, like, a background and yeah. user experience. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So, I actually went to library school, too. And part of the reason, like, part of the reason Mike and I became friends is um, on tour, I was doing my homework, and I think Mick said something like, "Oh yeah, uh, man, doing homework on tour, man, don't miss that or something." And I was like, "Oh, what kind of homework were you doing?" And you very like casually said like, "Oh, I don't know, like li- library stuff." <laughs> like, I was, call- I was bachelor- it library stuff. Like yeah. bachelor's, <laughs> like, oh, library stuff. And I was like, "That's wild." Me too. I'm doing my library school homework right now. Um, but yeah, I kind of like discovered user experience because it was part of my grad school program. And then um, actually like kind of unexpectedly, it just became my job. <laughs> and I've worked at a lot of like nefarious tech companies. And now I'm working at a less nefarious tech company. So
2: congratulations. That sounds very exciting. <laughs> um, you also, so Kate, you also recently did some work with, oh, I cannot think of the acronym. Is it UMAW? Is that yeah,
1: I did some work with um UMA which is the union of musicians and allied workers I actually helped them like with the user experience of their initial website um but kind of like branched off because I was doing work with Democratic Socialists of America um the New York chapter as well and I kind of like branched off cuz I felt like there are a lot of groups that are advocating for music workers right now and and fair pay and like anti-discrimination and um you know Really getting the word out about like streaming and how damaging it is for right. music workers. And i I was talking with some friends, and we felt that like there needed to be some like electoral allyship. Like we needed some um, folks in office, elected officials who actually like understood these these concepts and were, were really fighting for musicians and artists. So I um, kind of migrated over to DSA and I've been working uh, with a few people on writing arts and culture policies for DSA electoral candidates for New York City. But I think next, our focus is going to be New York State, because the state elections are coming up next year. So um, hopefully working on arts and culture policies for some of those candidates as well.
2: And so in all that free time, you also play uh, guitar with the glow. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. I joined the glow about two years ago, which is kind of a 50% Connecticut band, I would say. Or maybe, I don't know, you might qualify it at 25% because they technically don't live in Connecticut anymore. But Mike Creedy moved back. Uh, so I didn't he's know in. That he moved back. Yeah, he lives in uh, Norwalk or South Norwalk now. So okay, okay. he is a full time Connecticut resident.
2: Okay. I was wondering why the Double Double Whammy account sort of following Sears's And that's, that's why, is because he's moved there. Well, and
1: yeah. Sean Henry. Yeah, we also recorded those that um, single we released with. Um, Nooch, who plays guitar in yeah. Sean Henry's band and yeah, Brian, um, and has a studio, yeah, Brian, um, and has a studio, I believe, in Naugatuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean Henry was a studio assistant there, so nice.
2: Uh, one of the first times, uh, I ever talked to anybody at a gig, uh, it was a touring band, they came to Cafe Nine, and I was like, hey, great set, and um. Cool. yes, yeah, so is Connecticut. Um, do, is Boy Crush here? Is Sean Henry here? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty, it's kind of a big state. You know, he could be anywhere. So, Hens, we, you earlier mentioned that, you know, you had like taught for nine hours straight. So I'm guessing you're also a teacher as well.
3: I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I give guitar lessons and I've been doing that for about 10 years. Um, I also just finished a, a master's in cybersecurity. So I'm kind of trying to transition oh, into wow. that field which is completely different and, uh, you know, so- something I'm having trouble getting into professionally, um, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to manage, I think.
2: Interesting. So we have kind of like specializations in library sciences, <laughs> user, user experience, and cybersecurity. Um, I feel like we could probably get some kind of LLC going. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah,
1: LLC, and we could like, you the know. Shit we're, the shit LLC. The shit LLC. We're all in information technologies. We're like IT we're we're all like it guys,
2: yeah. <laughs> bunch
0: of
1: nerds, bunch of nerds over here.
2: <laughs> all right. So th- those were all the Hellraiser questions that I have. Um, was there anything else that you wanted me to add before I switch over to ask a couple of questions specifically about heel?
0: I, 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 the only thing is I, I assumed you would uh, berate me for moving.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't berate you for now because like. I,
0: I'm still at WXEI still got late night noise. D- still doing, you know, I, I work You're a
1: civil servant. Yeah,
0: I'm still the there. City of Danbury. And also we're, we're a Connecticut band as long as, you know, Mike's in New Haven. Obviously, he'll he'll is, uh, you know, the fact that we have Mike in the band and yeah. that I'm there half the week, you know, and Kate's from Rocky Hill, <laughs> we're a Connecticut yeah. band. We're basically yeah, yeah, it's, it's tri-state, but Connecticut's a very big part of it.
2: I, I'm, I'm glad you're affirming that, but just the presence of being on this podcast solidifies your Connecticut band, uh, right whether right. or not you want to be, uh, it, is, it is set in stone now. Um, and Kate, you're wearing that Rocky Hill uh, uh, sweater. Uh, you're I am.
1: I <laughs> grew up there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Oh, so so you mentioned late night noise. I I did want to talk a little bit about that, uh, because I did say that for the end, but I'll bring it up now that um, you've been going doing like after hours FM and late night noise. And that's been really cool because turn the radio on, uh, you know, late at night and you get this experimental, interesting, sometimes abrasive and strange uh, music. I, yeah, I guess I, I'm just gonna thank you for for bringing that to Connecticut and 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 having that around because it's I feel like a lot of the radio stations just kind of play the same twenty songs. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I heard um, a quote from like I think it was Lou Barlow a while back, like ten years ago maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> saying something about you know how like uh, lower dial stations, especially late at night, are supposed to be weird and unlistenable yeah. and. It's just uh, my, my little way of of contributing to that, <laughs> and it, and it, it's great because it enables me to find a lot of music I wouldn't have been able to find otherwise. And as long as that is something I continue to like, crave, I'm I'm happy that I still do radio. Um, it helps me find a lot of local stuff too, because I I we we uh, on the after hours block still I think like right before top of the hour there's a Connecticut band that plays every hour.
2: Yeah, and. I was gonna say, like I've I've noticed like Danny probably shows up in there. Yeah. There was uh, some heel tracks showed up in there. Yeah. even um I can't think of the band name because I don't think they ever put out any other song, but they had that song comfortably dumb.
0: Yeah, uh, da- damu Karu.
2: Yeah, like I would I love
0: know, to somewhere... hear more from them. That's uh one of the guys from Sperm Donor's new band.
2: Okay, yeah, and Kelly from Atrina.
0: Oh really? I didn't know I didn't know Atrina yeah. was in that. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, she plays drums and
0: yeah, and like I think Anxious is in there, Leah, EP people, People, Glambat, Sean Henry's in there somewhere in Waveform. Oh, yeah.
2: Where is Sean Henry? Is he here right now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope so.
2: <laughs> Where is Sean Henry? Um, <laughs> uh okay, so I have a couple of questions about heel. Um, so you uh Hens, you're talking a little bit about uh, tracking some Hellraiser tracks. Um, and that's you've practiced at least, because I know you recorded a lot of the Heal E. EP- Uh, your first EP, that was all like in-house, right? Like you recorded all day.
3: Yeah, that's sort of been uh, my approach for these. The first EP and the second EP, it's been almost 100% me playing and and tracking. And uh, with the exception of one song that Mike plays bass on, Mike Falcone plays bass on, um, and that's going to be like the next single that comes out on the 29th of October. But it was more like I had always had this dream of of, um, fully... Realizing a vision, a musical vision and and doing it um, all by myself. And at this point, I'm completely over it because it's so much work. And I feel like in the process, I sort of like I overcooked the stew, maybe, you know, and and some of the life is squeezed out. So um, for the third EP, I'm going to take sort of an opposite approach.
2: What do you mean by that?
3: Well, (laughs) so it's going to feature uh, live musicians. Um, so for the first time, there's going to be live drums on on uh, heel songs, and um, I, I believe Mike Falcone's probably going to end up playing bass on the songs. And I love bass. I'm going to probably get another guitar player to to lay down some rhythm guitar stuff. Um, I guess I can say this now. Uh, it's sort of. It sounds like I'm making this up, but um, I have Kelly Scott from Failure playing drums on two of the wow. songs. That's very
2: exciting. Um,
3: I managed to, to make that happen miraculously. And uh, that alone has kind of inspired me to, to take this, this new direction with, with the music. So there will be uh, little to no synthesizers you know, and, and drum loops and, and all of the ear candy that I've, I've usually put into the songs on, on the next EP. It's gonna be just guitar, bass, drums, vocals. There are two songs that are going to have acoustic guitar and string sections. Um, so it's, I guess overall, it's going to be more organic, um, but I'm not going to uh, do everything myself this time.
2: Right, and that's for the third EP, that's for future. That's
3: for the third one, yes. I mean, that's where my head is right now. That's what like, that's yeah. almost like all I can talk about because that's what I've been working on. Uh, the second EP, which is coming out on the 29th, that's gonna be called Ochiata. I've been working on that since 2019. Basically, I wrote the songs as Pathos was coming out. It's the same, you know, the same setup. I I've programmed all the drums and played most of, you know, most of the instruments. I really wanted to focus on singing better this time around and, and putting more time into the lyrics and the harmonies and 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 just getting better vocal performances on on tape and not uh, concealing the vocals with like tons of effects. Got to throw some reverb on there, right? Uh, the first EP has too much reverb. I will, okay. I'll admit that. But. That's
2: what makes it Connecticut, though. <laughs> I
3: guess, yeah. You've got to, you've got to have reverb and delay on everything.
2: <laughs> um, so, would you say that your first single's still intact? Is that like a good indicator for what the second EP is gonna sound like?
3: That was, uh, yeah, that was actually the first song that um, I put together in 2019. And and it kind of became the prototype for the EP. And um, I still think it's the, it's probably the best. It's the strongest song on the EP. Um, It it certainly feels like a summer song to me too. That's why it came out in June. Okay.
2: Where is that burnt
3: ass house that you did photo shoots in? (laughs) Uh, That's in Shelton, Connecticut. Okay. That place made me sick for about three weeks straight. Um, Oh no. I have a mold allergy. Oh. And there's tons of black mold in that house. And you can uh, basically
2: see it in the frame.
3: It's in, yeah, it's in most of the photos. Uh, (laughs) It's a gorgeous place. Um, I had uh, connected with this photographer named Jessica Smalley, who's also out of Shelton. And um, we were kind of talking about the the vibe of the first EP, how it's sort of about, well, the themes are just sort of on the darker side. It's it's a lot. It's about sort of personal decay and just you know sort of uh, uh, emotions that that sort of linger for for longer than they should. And um, she had mentioned this house that she had done photo shoots at f- for a number of clients, and um, we went there. It it was kind of a chore to get into. It's um, it's tucked away behind all of these trees. It's like you wouldn't even know there's a house there. It's just behind trees that have overgrown around the house. It's so it's encased in leaves. And um you know, you walk in there and immediately the temperature goes down 20 degrees. It this kind of like ties back to what Mike and Kate were talking about when they were talking about like sort of haunted spaces. Yeah. Um it was like you you did sort of feel a presence and just some strange quality like when you walked in there. Um Is that because the leatherman was living there? <laughs> possibly. Um it was like it was just dark, dank. There was and, and what was really strange about that house was um it had looked like whoever lived there had passed and was completely forgotten about. There were pictures, everything was still intact, not to use that, you know. Sure. Okay. That, that's that's that, I don't identity. want I don't want brand to call synergy. it, we love it. We love I don't wanna do callbacks, but like everything was was there, like preserved. Um, and it was sad and and just sort of uh, it, it, it really, it was really unsettling. And then um, one detail that I, I think I should mention that's just kind of gross is that the stairway that what that you kind of walk toward as you enter the house, every step had uh, a had poop on it, like, so I don't know if somebody had gone in there and popped a squat on each step or If an animal had gone in there and ridiculously pooped on every step in this house, but when we were walking upstairs to to the room that's like blue that most of the pictures were taken in, we had to dodge uh, what looked like human feces um, (laughs) in the dark, no less. Uh, It was it was disgusting, but I mean, it was it was so worthwhile to get those photos, you know.
2: Yeah. So now I'm. I'm I, I'm sorry, I just can't help but think, like, was this somebody's project? They were like, yeah, I finished half the stairs last week. I got to go finish up, you know, the remaining one.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like there were squatters there or something. I uh, found another step on open the open back intended. porch. They had been there so long that they just kind of got bored and, and decided to, uh, to just, you know, spread their, their poop around.
1: Do A little <laughs> art project.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I found another step. Let's get this one. <laughs> And they're all on the same side too. They're on the left side. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> whoever it was, was, was putting their feet on the right side of the stairs and leaning over the, the left side. Some people say that shit still <laughs> remains to
2: this day on this fateful evening. Whenever the wind <laughs> rustles through the trees, you can hear the, the yeah. You okay, can I'm
3: smell gonna...
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you, you mentioned uh, somebody who might be playing rhythm guitar, uh, or heal uh, is that uh, that's not going to be Dan- Danny Capalvo, is it?
3: Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe she could get involved. Incidentally, I, I gave her guitar lessons way back when.
2: Okay. Um, um,
3: but uh, so- no, it's probably going. I mean, I I don't want to give away who it's going to be because it's yeah, that's not for yeah. certain. But uh, yeah, I I want to get more people involved so that it it has the, the that the music has more life. You know.
2: Ooh, what do you mean by life?
3: Um. Well, when you program everything. It, it can be kind of cold and, and sterile sounding. And, and even though the intent might be, uh, uh, you know, correct and, and and well thought out, I, I think sometimes uh, the music can suffer. So, and like I was saying before, I, I, I think I'm over it. Over I'm over being that okay. meticulous about the productions and I don't want it to, to be borderline industrial. Um,
2: really? And yeah. You know, wh- why do you say that?
3: Well, I, because it's sort of not, it, that wasn't my original goal. I just sort of got carried away with the production, and um, because I have all of these cool uh, synthesizers and plugins, I just started layering more and more into the songs. And I th- think probably it came from a place of insecurity okay, to just okay. put as much into the music as possible. But um, most of the songs that I write um, aren't intended to sound that way. They're, they're just supposed to be kind of like alternative rock songs, you know. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Um, the reason why I'm, I brought up Danny is because I know that she, she has mentioned to me that she has been trying to get you to make Heel into a live band and to, oh, yes. and to play it live.
3: Yeah, a number of people have, have voiced interest in this. And I, I, I was about to, to do it right before the pandemic. I, I was starting to kind of put a plan together to get people to, to rehearse and to start figuring out what songs would translate well. And that got derailed clearly. I think now maybe I'm just going to put the next EP out and then get a band together. And it's sort of as though the three EPs will exist as, as a prototype for, for what the live band becomes. And and maybe it'll be more collaborative at that point.
2: So you'll uh, take those three EPs, put them all together so that their names will spell out a title, just like uh, that failure record. Right? (laughs) That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I
0: forgot they did that. Yeah, they did. Yeah.
2: Um, so Falcone, you mentioned that you 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 claim dibs uh, on playing bass uh, in this live band.
0: I was asked, but um, I do love bass. <laughs> we
3: used
2: I to, love, bass. love bass, and I thought that was interesting because so you play guitar and sing in Hellraiser. Uh, you, I think a lot of people like I, I first when I was first aware of you, it was behind the drums playing for Speedy Ortiz and Oplo. Um so is bass is that really your calling or do you feel more like a guitar kind of itch these i days? mean I,
0: th- I think i played so much drums in the last 10 years and i didn't get to play bass as much and um i've been playing bass kind of maybe almost 20 years and i i got into it kind of not on purpose but i got asked to play in like in in rasputin and gargamel which are the two 80s metal cover bands i've been in for the last 20 <laughs> years <laughs> and um it's a really good way i, I if anyone wants to learn bass, I would recommend it. I think that's a very good way to learn bass.
1: Yeah, Mike has a really like strong natural intuition for bass. He's actually been playing on a lot of the Jobber stuff and it kind of just like, I don't know, like people a lot of people view bass as an afterthought and that's not fair. It's just like right. It, it can just really level up a song and just like add all these like wonderful, like Easter eggs and like unexpected things. And yeah, Mike is just like an it's awesome so bassist.
0: bass is just like the,
1: you heard it here first.
0: I think like <laughs> snare drum and, and bass are like my, the, the two most important instruments. I think they're
3: the glue.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Kate, that was a, uh, that was very humble of you to talk about how important bass is um, because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like, it's like, I'm not really like a bassist. And that's funny. Cause I've played bass in just so many bands, like filled in, in this band, Fern Mayo. Like, uh, you know, I played bass in my old band prior to Hellraiser and I play in Hellraiser, just played bass in a number of projects, but like, I'm actually more of a guitarist and I'm more, much more confident on guitar. I would say.
3: We're all sort of outside of our Instrumental
1: outside our, of our yeah, element. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: think that's always been
0: I, I it didn't really work out they were on purpose, but in retrospect, I don't think anyone who's ever played in this band, aside from maybe Carrie, um was ever playing like their primary instrument. Um because like Mike henson and Kate are both guitar players. Mm-hmm. I'm like a drummer, wanna be bassist. Um, you know, John John harlott's bass player. Julian also is like a guitar player who was playing bass. It's just kind of always worked out that way. But I think it gives the band like kind of a, uh, a necessary roughness that, that I've enjoyed.
3: Yeah, I see what you mean. I think um, we've all enjoyed it, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I love playing drums. It's it's very cathartic for me. Um, And I it kind of gets me in touch with that sort of 14 year old self, you know, who, who loved music because I really don't know how to play drums properly. I just kind of work it out.
2: Well, you play loud and, as
3: fuck. <laughs> I do that's that's all i can do is just play loud um but uh it's it's super fun and um, i because like when i play guitar and, and and do these other things musically speaking it's sort of like it's more intellectual for me and uh and drumming is just all it's pure feeling you know
2: um i have one final question before we get to our pop quiz okay uh, that that final question is how funny was that show at the church with the one older dude that kept doing the high kicks <laughs> That oh, the, was incredible.
0: The church in Hamden? <laughs> yeah. That was our last show.
1: Wait, what band was that person from? Like, he was from some famous...
0: Oh, uh, yeah. What was that? Was it... Um, Fear? It was It was Fear, right? It was someone from the right. band,
1: seminal band Fear. And I was just like, wow. Oh, Let's I, have a war. Yeah. <laughs> um, That was a great show.
0: Maybe he was remembering when they were on SNL. They wanted to re- relive <laughs> that moment.
2: Did he do lots of high kicks on SNL?
0: probably i you can there was re-
1: this performance of fear on snl where they like yeah. destroyed they like people were stage yeah. diving they like destroyed the entire set yeah and john,
0: like- john belushi invited them on or something and yeah. they brought in a bunch of uh punks from like down the street because they wanted to make it look like a a crazy yeah. punk performance
3: and they were <laughs> they were banned from snl as a result
0: they're probably yeah. one probably one of the bands who, who are, have been banned from snl yeah
2: Oh, I mean, like, you know, the sound sucks so bad on that stage anyways, might as well at least, I don't know, have something to remember. Because the only SNL performances that people remember whenever people fuck up.
1: uh, Or like attempt to smash guitars. I wouldn't call that.
0: I wouldn't call that a fuck up. That's like one of their legendary performances, I think.
1: Well, yeah. It was on the Halloween episode. Yeah. Sorry. I'm Um, just like reading up on this again. The thing I
0: love most about (laughs) SNL, like classic SNL, I suppose, because I can't even watch any of the last 10 years of it. But um, yeah, I mean, like st- stuff like that, where there's just like classic live TV moments. There's no live TV moments anymore because like it's just not the same.
3: <laughs> it's like yeah, broadcast it's- delay. Everything's v- like very it's hyper curated.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's still live TV, I guess, in a sense, the way that they do SNL now or lots of other shows that try to do similar live TV things. But it's just I don't know. Should I shout out more Connecticut bands that we, we play on the after hours? <laughs>
2: I would love that if you if you just like just pretend love to just uh, started reading out names
0: love Chris check love Cardinal spins that new mountain movers is great I uh, uh, love yeah. love the Afghan Hayes record the ritual clearing tape from from last year also uh, great, w- great. wonderful and i I found this weird band at Matt Corvette's blog a few weeks ago called I think they're called Shirees or something like that
1: Matt Corvette from piss Jeans
0: yeah Matt Corvette from Piss Jeans's blog I don't know if, if you're familiar with it. S H I R E S E from yeah, I, Haven.
2: I know Cherise. They they don't have like a super big web presence, but they played a lot at Never Get to Be Cool, and I think they even have they have a couple of like seven inches, or...
0: yeah. I think they just put out their full first full length,
2: okay. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen them live though, so that is very exciting that they're still active and getting yeah, getting blog coverage from somebody else, which I gotta correct.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, i i do love that blog and i was excited to see a connecticut band on there it's called like what yellowgreenred.com something
2: mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah um all right so i have a final pop quiz for y'all it is um eight questions long and this is competitive so you're competing against one another the winner gets a 50 dollar gift voucher for the <laughs> ct versus gift store uh merch <laughs> store so we don't have any merch yet. But uh, once we do, then you'll have 50 bucks for it. Yeah, none of um, us have buzzers. Right. No, so, so in order to buzz in, you'll just say your name. <laughs> OK. Yeah, so, so the first person who says their name, I'll go to you. And then we will be operating by steel rules. So if, if Hen's guesses incorrectly, then it's fair game. All right, are you ready for this quiz? I suppose so. Do you yeah. want to guess what the theme of this quiz is?
0: Oh, um, is that the first question? Um, the theme of the quiz, um, banks, <laughs> boings, um, types it's of stock market,
3: types of boings. It's actually
2: not, yeah, it's is it boings. about
3: uh, cryptocurrency? Is that what we're going to talk about?
2: Not that. Those are all really good ideas. Um, it's actually a play on your name. So I have a quiz of dead wives. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. We Go for it. All
1: right. <laughs> no,
2: this is a Hellraiser quiz uh so i have questions about the film franchise hellraiser
0: oh god i know like three things about it i haven't seen okay. it
2: ever. Okay. really oh yeah. no uh what about you
1: kate um i've seen hellraiser <laughs> okay. so i might be able to answer like one of the questions
0: oh. yeah i've seen one and two and i th- i think i saw the first one once um and a uh, part of where the band name came from is because uh of a couple of the clips from like the the main scenes with the Cenobites that are at the beginning and end of a song by uh this band called Mortician who I love and um those specific sound clips are like that like that, that those two scenes are like two of my favorite movie scenes of all time just taken out of the movie taken out of context which i think a lot of people really love those two scenes from the first one so Sorry, ahead of time for not being able to know a whole lot about the Hellraiser <laughs> okay. franchise.
2: I, I, I tried to design it so that you didn't have to know, so that you can okay. just kind of make educated okay. guesses. Um, all right. So we're going to, and this is, uh, I came up with these questions myself. You can't find them on Buzzfeed. So it's not like, you know, which Cenobite are you, which actually sounds kind of awesome. I need to make that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, this was uh, my quarantine pandemic watch. I watched uh, all of the movies in this franchise. Um, so nice. here we go. Wow. First question. What is the name of the central villain of the Hellraiser series? He's the one that has pins all over his head.
1: Bzz, 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 bzz. This is Kate. Bzz.
2: Okay, Kate. What you?
0: Oh, Pinhead. Oh.
2: <laughs> that is correct. It is Pinhead. <laughs>
0: God, I, I thought we were supposed to go. Bzz, but I
2: was actually oh, supposed, say to, 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 yeah, supposed to say my name. Yeah. All right. All right. So Kate's on the board. Uh, question number two. How many movies are in the Hellraiser film series? Bzz, Mike. <laughs> Well, what if I get it wrong? Then they go it goes to steal. You don't, you don't get negative points.
0: I'm going to guess five.
2: Okay, that's a good guess. It's incorrect. Hence, four? It's incorrect. Kate, <sighs> yeah. do you want to try it? Um, it uh, You're both six. way low. Oh, no. Yeah, we
3: Oh, would
2: twelve. Oh, <laughs> 12. Not that. Not, not that. <laughs> but, no, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It is 10. There are 10 movies in the. Wow. It's, it's 10. like
1: Fast and Furious. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I think yeah. the most recent one came out in 20.
1: 20- I'm uh, sure it's great.
2: Uh it's not bad. It's not as bad as some some of these are fucking horrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, the 10th one is is okay. Uh number 3, in which movie does Hellraiser go to space? You can give me the number. <laughs> bzz,
0: bzz. Mike, I don't know, but I'm going to guess 4 because 4 is usually the one in any franchise where um they go to sp- usually 4 or 5, but I'm going to go
2: with 4. 4. That is correct. Wow. Hellraiser <laughs> Yes. Hellraiser Bloodline nice. does take place in space. And it is because the Lamont configuration, which they use to uh, to summon the Cenobites, somebody has created a space station that is basically a Lamont configuration. Uh, the, yeah, that's why it's in space, obviously. Um, question number four. Which actor had an early starring role in a Hellraiser movie before going on to have their own superhero movie franchise? This is a celebrity... I think most people probably know their name but i think they were in hellraiser 7 which was uh basically a cash grab based on the matrix so it has like yeah. lots of like shitty cyberpunk stuff in it
1: Ooh, sounds like up my alley what year was that <laughs> can i ask for a hint <laughs> um okay yeah let me let me
2: find uh, superhero
3: was, like, I think
2: hellraiser 7 is
3: something imdb
2: yeah don't use imdb that's cheating <laughs> okay it's actually hellraiser 8 i apologize <laughs> um that came out in 2005
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about superhero.
2: superheroes. You can okay. even tell me the the superhero. You don't even have to tell me the, the actor name.
0: Uh, Iron Man.
2: It's a good guess, but Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> was not in Hellraiser Eight.
3: <laughs> Nor did his career begin in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, hence, I'm gonna okay. just throw one out there. This is a wild guess. Is it Ryan Reynolds? Or Ryan Reynolds or someone like that?
1: That's a good guess, but
3: it is not. It is not. Uh, it's not a Canadian. Not Deadpool. It's not a canadian no this is actually somebody from england
1: austin powers
3: <laughs> it's <a> christian bale <laughs> um yeah oh the, the famous
2: uh, superhero uh, austin powers <laughs> austin um powers. okay so it's so it's, it's none of those it's actually henry cavill so superman himself was in <gasps> oh. uh, hellraiser hell
0: i don't know who that is
2: so you know superman though <laughs>
3: right? yes i do <laughs>
1: <laughs> never heard of him
3: <laughs> he's a uh, superman okay
1: yeah
0: radioactive man (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: question number five uh this is also related to superheroes i'm sorry to say uh but related to that so hellraiser 5 which is hellraiser inferno was directed by scott derrickson scott derrickson would go on to direct a marvel movie so one of those big famous billion dollar movies which one did he make
0: mike i'm gonna get it wrong though
3: is it guardians of the galaxy
2: that's not that's a good guess it's not guardians of the galaxy damn
3: was this like a successful one or did it flop
2: i mean they've all been successful right uh
3: they were early ones i think like wasn't the hulk kind of funny
2: yeah I, so this this was like i would say like well into the marvel okay. stuff so it's no like fantastic flank like that
1: <laughs> oh this is so hard i don't know anything about marvel, marvel. i don't watch this no nothing of marvel i'm usually
0: good with like what did this person direct but i i, I I don't know this one.
1: They just start, like, throwing shit out there. Mm.
2: So, Scott Der- so I'll, I'll give you hints, because Hens and uh, and and Kate, you both are still in the game uh, for this round. Scott Derrickson, uh, you know, he. this was one of his big movies, I guess. Hellraiser 5, Inferno, went straight to DVD or whatever. Um, <laughs> but he does have a background in horror movies. So, what Marvel movie, if you are aware of any of them, has horror elements in it? <laughs> i thought i thought of one
0: that it could be but i don't i can't
3: say
1: it wait okay so okay
3: mike we'll share it with kate so she can answer the nicholas kate
1: no that's not a marvel movie. that's a really good guess
3: based on, based on what i told
2: you that's a really good guess but that's not it
3: or we stink at this all right
1: so really green lantern, it's
2: not green lantern. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> uh, it is dr strange so dr strange was scott derrickson
0: i forgot it i was gonna say Ghost Rider.
2: Yeah, go. Yeah, that that would have been really cool. But uh, yeah, Doctor Strange kind of mediocre. But whatever. Uh, Hellraiser Inferno is better than that. <laughs> Um <laughs> Question number six. This is about a cenobite named CD. So CD has five CDs embedded in his skull, one in his eyes, and one in his mouth. He has a dispenser in his stomach which spits out CDs. He uses basically like ninja shirt. Uh, he had chains that. Wrap and gouge people in and around their skin. Uh, And along with his leather costume comes a leather mask, most likely to keep many of his facial CDs in place. Which movie do we see The Cenobite? You can give me the number.
3: um, Hence, three. That is correct. I've actually, so I have to disclose this. I I saw my stepdad rented Hellraiser three way back when it came out, and I saw that scene only. That's awesome. That's the only scene.
2: That's the only scene scene I saw it's the only one worth watching in hellraiser 3
1: <laughs> i really want to watch this like matrix like this like me like hellraiser 8
2: well there's
0: there's i
1: love cyber thrillers
2: there's like
0: shooting chains and all and all of them aren't there
2: yeah yeah, yeah for sure people get ripped up by chains all the time um but yeah so kate the one you're looking for is hellraiser 8 that is hellraiser hell world where basically the new configuration is no longer a space station they made it the cyberspace and someone's gonna open up the cyberspace
3: it's a simulation
2: (laughs) yeah
1: simulations are consciousness baby
2: (laughs) so we're all so we're one one and one so we're it's tight tight game question number seven (laughs) why is hellraiser nine considered the worst of the series wow (laughs) and i I will say you know i said you could probably do educated guesses on these i'm gonna do an educated
0: guess mike Oh,
2: hold on, no. let me let me just give you a hint before oh, yeah, before, okay. you, before you uh you confirm that answer sure. um, this is a very common complaint that horror movie franchises have where like audiences will turn against it because of this kind of thing
0: i i'm gonna i'm probably wrong i'm, yep. gonna, I'm gonna guess the pinhead's not in it
2: okay
1: um is that correct because if it's um, not i have a theory
2: is, kate let me hear your your theory
1: <laughs> it's like out of sequence with the rest of the movies
2: really good guess that one's not correct okay hens if you can give me yep. something more if you can clarify more
3: i i have uh, a guest did they recast pinhead
2: i'm gonna have to give it to hens because pinhead <sighs> is in it but they, oh. recast him. yeah he was wow. like this old british dude and they recast him with kind of like this kind of pudgier american dude like in his mm, late never works. no it's really no, that really sounds weird. great <laughs> yeah, it, it's fucking terrible. The entire movie takes place in one suburban home because they couldn't afford uh any more sets than that.
1: Oh <laughs> um, my god, I love it. I'm gonna yeah. start like rewatching, like I've seen just hellraiser I'm gonna just start watching at eight.
2: I mean we're a huge
0: poser. And watch eight through <laughs> ten. N- naming the band a franchise and knowing so little about it. And N- naming it after eight. a franchise
2: to to your point kate um hellraiser four is the one where they go out of sequence because that one it does (laughs) take place in space but it also does take place in (laughs) medieval england so
1: um, (laughs) i love when things go out of sequence or it's like a horrible origin story
2: yeah (laughs) all right (laughs) uh so this is the final question and right now uh hens is in the lead is two to one to one so this could tie the game and if it does we'll go into a lightning round um so, question number eight: Who is the author of Hellraiser? He directed the first movie and he wrote the book or the short story that it is based. on. It was originally called the Telltale Heart, and so, or oh, sorry, I'm, excuse me, the Hellbound Heart. My bad.
1: I, I was like, what?
3: Yeah,
2: did those. I said, yeah.
3: Is, is it? I think I got the name wrong though. Clive. Sun. Yeah. Right. Correct. Clive. Don't, is don't it say Quinn? it.
2: Don't
1: say it. No, it's not oh. Clive Owen. It's not okay.
3: Clive Owen. Barker, Clive Barker.
2: I need somebody to buzz in.
1: <laughs> Mike just buzzed.
2: Okay, Clive Barker. It is Clive Barker. Shit!
1: I tied it <laughs> so up. Now, I think I've been eliminated.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry to say, Kate, that you have been eliminated. And actually, didn't prepare a tiebreaker for this. What does the uh, the the main character of the first two movies? Uh, what does her name start with? The main character uh... and. The, the game goes to whoever uh whoever gets it first so we'll go around robin so mm-hmm. falcon you can go first and then hens can guess and then we'll kind of go until we get that hopefully it won't take 26 turns
0: caught uh not cotton something that's a different guy
3: you just want the the letter right
2: yeah just just the letter yeah <laughs> K. it is k
3: how oh <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it, her name is uh Kirsty which is kind of a hilarious name for a horror movie franchise.
0: Okay, okay, thank you.
2: Yeah, her name is is Kirsty Cotton though. Um Damn. thank you all so much uh <laughs> for for playing along um and demonstrating your hellraiser knowledge. If you want any of those movies I have them digital and I can send them to you so that well, you don't have to actually like spend your money on them. um they're not
1: very good. Right. And bless on, you. Right on. Breaking yes. the law.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cut that out. It's <laughs> <intimidating>. Um <laughs> All right. Thank you all so much. Uh, and um, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Uh, LKHellraiser.com. Um, the LK stands for Lip Keebler, who is Does it uh, really? Yeah.
1: More people should visit the website.
0: Yeah, L- LKHellraiser.com. I mean, I'm going to try and sound as humble as I can, but I think it's my favorite band website of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: it is, because it has like, a lot of lore on it, right?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, speaking of archives, I mean, there's some GIFs on there that otherwise would have been wiped out of the entire internet if, if they weren't on there. That's true. There's ver- some authentic, like, 1999, 2000-era yeah. GIFs that somehow just got saved on some old hard
3: drives. With very bad transparencies. Yeah. You can see the outline, and it's wonderful. You,
2: you have to find a copy of Flash to install into your browser. Into <laughs> the
0: I hope that didn't actually happen to anybody. You need jobs. No, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so. if that did happen, that's impressive.
1: I will say <laughs> that the Vince McMahon banner does not work on mobile. It's not it, it's weirdly mobile, like a very mobile oh, responsive website right. given how horrible it is. Are you
0: talking about the scroll? Because uh, I, I turned off the scroll because it wasn't working <sighs> on, on one of the browsers. They
1: must have deprecated the tag.
0: <laughs> we had to re-download the burning money too from a that that's actually from a different um yeah whoever something happened when the when the nft started and people started trying to cash in on like classic gifts mm-hmm. and this website that we accidentally were directly linking from like removed their database so like five of the oh, gifts yeah. we had to refind. oh that this happened when did that happen the nft thing was that like three months ago yeah,
2: yeah. something like that May.
0: Okay. yeah I, I think it was am i allowed to say that dude's name
1: yeah you can say it Writer or
0: rips it, it might've been this dude writer rips possibly who um, I think was in charge of like a classic GIFs database of sorts. And then took the whole thing down to try and get some NFT money.
2: Well, that is a bummer. I am looking at the website and I forgot about this. I forgot like how extra it is, <laughs> 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 but it's so um, it has all of the <laughs> colors of the rainbow. And especially that, like some of them even say like make gifts at <laughs> You know, <laughs> Yeah. I love this. Um, yeah, so thank you for putting that together. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> great user experience.
3: Uh,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, that's
0: that's Kate, basically.
3: Yeah. It's sort of like time traveling into the mid to late 90s.
1: Yeah, this is what it looks like inside my that. brain. This is what, like, my simulation <laughs> looks
3: like. When I close my eyes, this is what it looks
0: like every night.
2: Don't, I don't think that the guest book works.
1: Uh,
0: no, just... it doesn't. <laughs> One of my friends was out.
2: asking, like, Oh,
0: cool. There's a guest book.
1: Oh, my God. We should build that in. Uh, it shouldn't be hard. No one would care. We should make it like a guest book <laughs> on one of those like obituary pages where it's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, go for it. What do we have to lose at this point? We, we might as well have a guest. Hellraiser
1: book. has died. Yeah. Give us your words of condolence.
2: All right, y'all. Thank you all so much for playing along today. Thank right, of you. Of course.
1: Anytime. Um, great chatting with you. And thank you for having <laughs> us.
2: It was so- a joy. Thank you so much to Kate, Mike, and Mike for taking time out of their day during a hurricane to talk with me. Hellraiser may have a new video out by the time this podcast goes live, so be sure to check their page for that. Heels, Oceata, is out now, uh, so you can listen to that everywhere you normally get your music. And Kate's band, Jobber, will have an EP out in 2022. In this episode, we also briefly mentioned Falcon's radio programming work with... 91.7 WXCI, uh, which broadcasts out of Danbury, but you can listen to it anywhere online if you have an internet connection. Uh, Any day after 10 p.m. until about 3 a.m., you'll hear something great and unexpected. I listen all the time, especially when I'm working late uh, online. There are not really any commercials, and it's just a great curated playlist made each night. So, we're going to play this episode out with heal track that is called ignorance is bliss thanks for listening goodbye goodbye goodbye
0: radioactive man
1: already sucking ass
0: no <laughs> like- <laughs> no nope, nope. i i fuck this up all the time